Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest presents part four and the conclusion of his teaching, Let Your Light Shine. Praise the Lord. We've been talking about how we as the people of God should let our light shine in a world that is increasingly dominated by darkness. And this will be part four in the final session in our series on let your light shine. You know, in our last session, we used some science facts about our natural sun that vividly illustrate the kind of power and the kind of light that dwells on the inside of every born again, every spirit filled believer. We've got, listen to this, universe-creating, raising from the dead, power and light living on the inside of us. I'm going to say that again because you got to get it. We've got universe-creating, raising from the dead, power and light living on the inside of us. And the sooner we can see that in the Spirit, the sooner we'll start speaking and acting like the carriers of light that we are. Amen. No wonder the Apostle Paul says in Colossians 1.27, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Because when you get born again, the light, the life, the glory of Christ comes to live inside you permanently. Amen. You know, in this series, we've been talking about the benefits that others receive when we let the love and the healing power of God radiate out of us, shine out of us onto them. But I want to finish off this series by talking about some other ways that you can personally benefit from the light that lives on the inside of you, not just what you can do for those around you, although that's important too. How many know? It was given for you too, and following that light can help you know certain things in life. Number one, how to live your life for God. Pretty fundamental. Number two, how to follow the path that God has for you. Again, pretty fundamental. So we got a pretty fundamental two-step outline, how to live your life, and number two, how to follow the path that God has for you. I know this is going to be basic for most of you, but some of you need to hear this again, and some of you may be hearing this for the very first time. So we're going to be talking about how to live your life for God, how to follow the path that God has for you. Okay. Praise the Lord. Let's begin with Matthew chapter 4, verse 12 through 16. Most all the verses I'll be using this morning will be New King James Version. If it's anything else, I'll let you know. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Listen to this. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Amen. So this is a prophecy of the prophet Isaiah that was spoken 700 years before Jesus even came into the world. 
And if you go back and you read Isaiah chapter 9, you find out in context that God had visited Zebulun and Naphtali before, but it was in judgment back in Old Testament times because of their sin, because of their rebellion. But now the prophet says, in your day, God's not bringing judgment. He's bringing the light of Jesus Christ into the land, and that is great news for the people of Galilee. Amen. You know, John 3.16, you might have heard that scripture a time or two. Most people speak John 3.16, but they don't progress and read on to verse 17, so I'm going to tell you both of them. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might have life. Amen. So in spite of the darkness that dominated the shores of the Sea of Galilee, the light of Jesus shined upon the people of that region. He didn't come to condemn. He didn't come to judge. He came to set them free. Amen. John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 8, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Amen. You know, we talked about this early in the series. When Jesus walked the earth, He was the light of the world. Amen. The only light in the world. And those who received that light were able to step out of the darkness and walk in the light of the life of God for the very first time. Amen. So the first step in living your life for God is receiving the light of the world, receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can't really go anywhere until you do that. That is the beginning point of living your life for the Lord. But the next step is learning to walk consistently in the spirit or the light that now resides on the inside of you. Let's read about that in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 through 13. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to stop, and I'm going to pontificate on certain verses that speak to me, and I think I can open up and, 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 and unwrap some of these verses for you, and uh, we can see some things that maybe we didn't see before. Ephesians 5, 8 through 13, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Now, if you read Ephesians 5, 1 through 7, Paul enumerates all of the debauchery, the sexual immorality, the idolatry, all the evil things that they were involved in there in the city of Ephesus. And he says, in effect, that some of those people that did those things were you. So he says, for you were once darkness. You walked in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Listen, if Jesus has changed your life out of respect and love for what He did for you, you need to walk in the light of His love. Amen? You need to step away from the darkness, and you need to walk in the light of God. Amen? Verse 9 says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. So let's go back and 
sort of unpack that. For the fruit of the Spirit, that word there, Spirit, is also translated as light. So you can read it like this, for the fruit of the Spirit or the light of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. If there's light living on the inside of you, it's going to reveal to you, it's going to illuminate the things that are good, the things that are right, and the things that are true. Amen. And when it does that, you find out what is right and good and true, then the Bible says it will allow you to find out the acceptable thing to the Lord, the acceptable way of living to the Lord. Amen. Do we not all want to live a life that is acceptable and pleasing to the Lord? Amen. I think everybody that's a real Christian desires to do that. I don't know anybody that says, you know, I confessed Jesus as Lord when I was younger, but, you know, I'm just kind of doing my own thing and I'm happy with it. I don't find many Christians like that, that would willingly say that, that would admit to that. All of us are the same. God put it in us to please him, to do his will. You know, I, most of the time you meet somebody, you talk about this, everybody will say the same thing. I just want to find out his will for my life, and I just want to walk it out. I want to live a life that is pleasing to him because of what he did for me. I want to live for him. Amen. Verse 11 says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Now, this is a little King Jamesian, even for the New King James Version. So let me just tell you what's being said here in verse 11 through 13. If you see darkness in your brother or sister in Christ, if you see them doing things you know they should not be doing, your first impulse should not be to go tell your other Christian friends all the stuff that they're into and all the stuff that they're doing. That's not the purpose of the light. The purpose of the light, it says that all things are exposed and made manifest by the light. To make manifest means to reveal. So in effect, what this is saying is that when you get around these people that are not living right, not living the way they should, then the light that lives in you will expose the darkness that's living in them. And if they're sensitive to the Spirit, they'll want to turn from the darkness and they'll want to approach the light that they see shining out of you. Amen. Let me share a story that illustrates this very tragic story, but it's a perfect illustration of this concept of the light of God in you exposing darkness in those around you. In October of 2001, right after 9-11, I was a reserve Air Force pilot, and our squadron got called up to active duty. And we spent four months on the tiny island of Diego Garcia, and that's right there on the very southern tip of the Indian Ocean with Africa to the left and India to the right. I spent four months on that little island that was one mile across and six and a half miles long. <laughs> kind of got claustrophobic after a while. Anyway, I spent four months there on that island, and I flew 18 combat missions over Afghanistan, bombing the bad guys and bringing freedom to the people of Afghanistan, which makes it so sad to me uh, what's been happening lately. 
So Trisha and I, believe it or not, we were junior high youth pastors at our church, and so she had to take over the ministry completely. She had to take over our prison ministry also and take care of our three daughters while I was gone. So it's a pretty stressful time. So while we were there, the squadron commander, who was a Christian, a really good friend of mine, he started partying and hanging out with the wrong crowd at the local tavern on the island. And it wasn't long before he started having an affair with a young enlisted woman that actually worked for him. I knew his wife. I knew he had two sons. And to tell you the truth, it was devastating to me. Just devastating. He knew I knew. Everybody knew what was going on. He was the squadron commander, for heaven's sakes. He should have been leading by example. So one day we were riding on the bus on our way to the downtown area of the island. I was going to get something to eat, and he was sitting right across from me on the bus. Suddenly he looked at me and he said, You know, when I'm around you, I feel terrible about the things that I'm doing here. This is exactly what the scripture we just read is talking about. The light of God inside me was exposing the darkness that was inside him, and it made him uncomfortable. Sadly, he never responded to the light, and the affair wrecked his marriage and wrecked his whole family. And in my mind, left a stain on every good thing we had accomplished while we were fighting for the freedom of the Afghan people. So I guess I would say this. If the light of God is living in you, don't walk in darkness. Listen, we've all done it, so I'm not judging you. I'm just saying there's a better way. Walk away from darkness, walk into the light, and stay in the light. And life will be much better for you. You'll get into that abundant life that Jesus talked about. But if you keep dabbling in darkness, trouble will follow you everywhere you go. So once again, I say, if you are light, Paul says, then walk in the light. Step away from darkness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So number two, how to follow the path that God has for you. Isn't that what we all question all the time, 24-7? Am I really on the right path? Am I really doing the right thing? Is this God's will for my life? Most of the time, I think God's like, yes, 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 quit worrying about it. If something changes, I'll tell you. Otherwise, just keep doing what you're doing. We make it a little more complicated than it really is. Proverbs 20, 27. One of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. Proverbs 20, 27. It illustrates the whole concept of the light of God in you and what it does for you. Verse 20, 27 in Proverbs says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. That word there translated lamp in other translations is light. So the spirit of man is the lamp or the light or the candle, some translations say, of the Lord. And he uses it to reach into the depths of your heart. In other words, If God is going to communicate with you, he's going to communicate with you through your spirit. Not through your mind, 
Not through your body, but through your spirit. You know, over there in Psalm 46, the psalmist says, Deep calls unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All your breakers and crashers are crashing over my head. You know, Jonah quoted that scripture when he was in the belly of the whale, probably the lowest point in his life. And he's wondering, how in the world did I end up here? And he said, now that I'm here, Lord, deep calls unto deep at the noise of your water spouts and your crashers falling over my head. Amen. So it's a picture of a spirit-to-spirit conversation. The deepest part of your spirit contacts the deepest part of God's spirit, and there's a connection like no other. Amen. So if God is going to communicate anything to you about your life, it's going to be through your spirit. Amen. This is especially true when it comes to finding your gift, finding your calling in life. And this may seem like a little bit of a diversion, but it really isn't. I really felt led as I was putting the finishing touches on this last night to include this in here. It's especially true that God will use your spirit to speak to you about your gift, your calling. There are lots of scriptures that I could give you this morning that prove to you that every one of you has a gift that God wants you to use for the body of Christ. You know, you have a vocation. Some are called to a vocation, and that is of God as well. I was called to the military for many, many years. But even as I spent time in the military, I had a gift. I had a ministry gift that I used at my local church. Everyone has a gift, at least one. Most have more than one. So if you have a gift, you want to know what the gift is. If you have a calling, you want to know what that calling is. And the way that you're going to find out is by listening to your spirit, allowing your spirit to illuminate what's going on in your life and shine the light on the path that God has for you. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So I believe that God wants you to to use your vocation. But more importantly, I believe he wants you to use your ministry gift in your vocation, and also in your local church. And let me show you in the Word that God has not changed His mind concerning the gift that He has for you. Amen? James chapter 1, verse 17. James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Amen. I love this scripture. It is featured in my book, Space and Time, that I wrote back in 2012 because it means so much to me. God gave me light about the Father of lights. He told me as I was studying this scripture that he is the Father of lights, the Father of supernatural lights, the Father of natural lights. Amen. God's the Father of all of them. And the Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Now, this is a picture of a sundial and how the shadow cast by the sun changes as it tracks across the sky. Amen. Of course, we know that it's not really moving across the sky. It's the earth that's rotating around its axis that makes it seem like it's tracking across the sky. Amen. But there's a shadow that moves across that sundial all through the day. It's constantly changing. It's changing its position, 
The length of the shadow changes. It's changing, changing, changing. But James says, God's not like the sun. He hasn't changed his position. He hasn't changed his mind concerning the perfect gift that he has for you. Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. So how do I find my gift, Brother Scott? Well, one of the best ways you can find that gift, find that calling, is by praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, amen. Proverbs 20, verse 5. Proverbs 20, verse 5. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Other translations say plans and purposes in the heart of man are like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw them out. So I believe the moment you were conceived, God had a plan prepared for you even before time began, and when he put his spirit in your little embryo, that plan was implanted in your spirit at that moment. And what you have to do as you grow up Accept Jesus as Lord. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Start walking in the light. You've got to progressively discover what that calling, what that gift is all about. It doesn't happen overnight, and you have a part to play. And one of the things I, I said already is you can pray in the Spirit. You can pray out your destiny by praying in the Holy Ghost. I believe this, Proverbs 20, verse 5, is a Old Testament type of praying in the Holy Ghost. You draw on that deep water. You draw on that illumination. You draw on that light that's within you. And he will illuminate step by step by step the path that he has for you. Most of the time, he's not going to show you 20 years down the road. He's going to show you the next step. And before he'll reveal the next step, you need to take the first step. Amen? Praise the Lord. So I wanted to get that in there because it's important that you ask the Lord, what can I do for my local church? What contribution can I make to the local body? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, Proverbs 4.18. This will be in the English Standard Version. Another way you can find your gift is by just putting your hand to something where there's a need and and then letting the light of God that's in you lead you to the specific gift, the specific calling that God has for you. Amen. He'll honor the fact that you want to serve and meet a need. You know, Trisha and I, before I even get into this verse, i got to preface this by saying, you know, we've been married 38 years, and we've been in, I've lost count how many churches we've been in over those years. And everywhere we've gone, she and I know that we have certain gifts. I know I'm a teacher. She knows she's an organizer. And everywhere we've gone, we haven't gone to the pastoral leadership and said, hey, I'm a teacher. Put me on as one of your regular teachers, okay? You know? And Trish says, I'm an organizer. Let me show you how to do what you're doing here better. No, we, we never took that approach. We always went to the church, to the leadership, and we said, what can we do to help? Where is there a need? And, you know, we've done everything because we were willing to meet a need. I've cleaned throw-up in the nursery. Yep, done that. I've changed diapers. 
Uh, I've watched toddlers. We led praise and worship for third graders. We led praise and worship for fifth graders. We were junior high youth pastors. We were high school youth pastors. We were Bible school directors. We were um, prison ministers. All of those things came forth because we were willing to do something for the church. And every time we did, guess what? I would end up teaching and she would end up organizing because that's the gift that we have. Complimentary. So if you're wondering how to get started finding your gift, put your hand to something. Find a need and meet it. Amen. Hallelujah. Whew, glory to God. I pray I'm not going geographic this morning all over the map. Glory to God. So Proverbs 4.18, English Standard Version. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. Now, I'm going to interpret this in the light of what we just talked about, finding your gift, finding your calling. I believe this scripture says, it can say, of course, scriptures have many multiple uh, revelations and many applications and meanings, but I believe this scripture can mean this. When you go down a path out of a desire to meet a need, to serve the body of Christ, to serve the local church, and it's not specifically what God has for you, God will honor that. And as you continue down that path, it'll be like the rising of the sun, like an epiphany, a light bulb moment that tells you exactly what you're supposed to do. And it wouldn't have happened if you weren't willing to put your hand to something first. Everybody see that? Start walking down that path, and all of a sudden, the light gets brighter and brighter and brighter until it's like, uh, you know, the sun is up, and, the, and you got this epiphany and like, ah, I could have had a V8. This is what I'm supposed to do. All right, praise the Lord. Now I want to read some scripture passages that show you what the light of God can do for you as you face the inevitable challenges of life. Psalm 18, verse 28 through 34, and this will be in the NIV. Normally, I shy away from the NIV because I, I call it the nearly incomplete version because, you know, they leave some verses out, and I don't like that. But sometimes they say things the way that I like, and so I'm reading Psalm 18, verse 28 through 34 in the NIV. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. Sometimes you're facing a situation and you just have no light. You have no enlightenment. You have no idea what you're supposed to do. You're just in a fog. It's just like you're walking around in the dark trying to find your way. When you have those times, just appeal to the Lord and say, Lord, I know there is light in me. Let that light illuminate what I'm supposed to do in this situation. Make the darkness into light for me. Amen. Verse 19 says, with your help, I can advance against a troop. You know, you look that word up, it means an army. You can do a one-man charge against an army if God is with you. Amen. What that says to me that God will allow the light that's in you to enable you to see the way to overcome overwhelming odds. 
With my God, I can scale a wall. Most translations say jump over a wall. Supernaturally, amen. So sometimes you will face obstacles when you go down the path that God has for you, and you're just going to have to have supernatural strength to go over, to go around, or go through the obstacles that are in your way. And if you'll appeal to the light of God, which also has the power of God in it, that's on the inside of you, God will pave the way for you, even if you have to run over people and run over certain things to get where God has for you to go again. Amen. Hallelujah. As for God, His way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. I love that. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in Him. I experienced that last night. Amen. The Lord's word is flawless. You know, Psalm 119, 105, not only is the word a two-edged sword, but it's also light. It says, his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen. I like to think about it like this. It's my Holy Ghost lightsaber. I saw a couple eyes rolling back there. I'm paying no attention to that. Pay no attention to your daughter that just rolled her eyes. For who is God besides the Lord, and who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. The King James says, my arms can bend a bow of steel. We're talking about supernatural swiftness here and supernatural strength to face the obstacles that the enemy will bring against you. All because of the light that lives on the inside of you. Psalm 27, 1 through 3. Psalm 27, 1 through 3. The Lord is my light. And my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, there's that army again, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. David says, even if I'm surrounded by the army, if the Lord is with me, I can have victory. I can have victory over overwhelming odds. Amen. Because of the light of God that lives on the inside of me. So what are these scriptures telling us? Psalm 18 and Psalm 27. Well, when it comes to finding your gift, when it comes to major decisions in your life, when it comes to following the path of God for your life, there is light for illumination. There is light for revelation. There is light for strength. There is light to overcome overwhelming odds. There is light to do things you couldn't do in your own strength. All living on the inside of you. Next, I want to read some scriptures that illustrate how you can draw closer to God than you ever imagined. And out of that intimate relationship, His light in you will shine on the path that he's laid out for you. So pay attention. This is really probably the most important part of this message. 
Job 22, verse 21 through 28. Job 21, verse 21 through 28. Now acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. Therefore, good will come to you. You know, spend some time getting to know God. Acquaint yourself with him. Receive his peace and good will come to you. Receive, please, instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. Take the word of God, plant it in your heart. Listen to his word, whether you hear it through a preacher, where you read it in your Bible, whether you say it with your own mouth. Listen to the word of the Lord. Verse 23, if you return to the Almighty, you will be built up. You will remove iniquity far from your tents. If you're doing wrong and you turn to him, he'll forgive you. And he'll build you back up. Verse 24, then you will lay your gold in the dust and the gold of Ophir among the stones of the brooks. You do a little research on the gold of Ophir. It was the finest gold in all the world. The finest gold. Then you will lay your gold in the dust and the gold of Ophir among the stones of the brooks. You will no longer value gold any more than a regular stone in the brook. Yes, the Almighty will be your gold and your precious silver, for then you will have your delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. In other words, worldly wealth will no longer mean anything to you apart from your intimate relationship with your Father. It's just meaningless. God can bless you, but you're not, you're not focused on the blessings. You're focused on the blesser. Amen. For then you will have your delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. Amen. You will make your prayer to him. He will hear you and you will pay your vows. Listen to this. You will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. You know, the Amplified says the light of God's favor will shine upon your path. So one of the ways of finding out your path is to get intimate and close to God. Amen. You know, Jesus said it like this in John 15, verse 7. This is King James because he says it best in the King James. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. So these passages that I've just read to you make it clear that you can have such a close relationship with the Lord that his thoughts become your thoughts. His words become your words. His desires become your desires. And when you get to that point in your life when God Almighty is your all and he's your everything, his will, his way, his timing is what's important to you. You can be so closely intertwined with the Lord, so in sync with him that everything you decree comes to pass and every prayer you pray is answered. Because you are close to him. And you're so in tune with his will, you never pray anything that's outside of his will. Now, I'm not there yet, but I will say this. The older I get, the more conscious I am of the will and ways of my Father God. And more than anything else in my life, I want to fulfill every jot and every tittle that's written about me in the books of heaven. I want to become the person he created me to be, do the things he created me to do, 
and reach the people he created me to reach. Amen. You know, I had an encounter. I call it the wind and the fire, January 26, the year 2000. I was upstairs in the bedroom. The girls were downstairs with mom watching chick flicks nonstop, and I just had my fill of it. And about 2 o'clock in the morning, I went upstairs, and I, I went to bed. And shortly after I drifted off to sleep, I had a powerful vision. I was awakened to the sound of the drapes in the bedroom blowing. Only the windows were closed, and the, the bed sheets were flopping around off my legs. You know, mind you, the windows were closed. I knew it was a supernatural wind, and I was just bracing for the presence of God. I was pinned to the bed. I felt the heavy, heavy weight of God's glory in the place, and then all of a sudden, I looked up, and uh, the roof to the house just opened up, and the ceiling to the bedroom opened up and a giant ball of fire came down and it rested on my head and shoulders and it was just like it was like it was like a deafening roar of this this glorious fire that fell on me and I and I was aware that the heat was very great but I was not consumed thank god and in the midst of his glory and this encounter which I don't have time to go into all of it the first thing that came out of the depths of my being when I encountered the wind and the fire of God that night or that morning was this. I said this very phrase I used before, Lord, the greatest desire that I have in my heart is to be the man you created me to be, to do the things you created me to do, to reach the people you created me to reach. Lord, burn out anything in me that's not like that. I want you to know that when the glory hits, what's in you will come out. And what came out of me was an intense desire to be the man God created me to be. I believe everybody in here is the same way. You may not have an encounter like that, but in you, the Bible says it is in you to will and do of his good purposes. He put it in you to do his will for your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. There are lots of scriptures that I could have used that talk about light, and there's no way I could have covered them all. What a what a huge subject that is. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If God is light, then there are infinite things that we could talk about when it comes to either supernatural or natural light. But there is one scripture that I believe sums up what this series has been all about, and so I'll wrap it up by reading that scripture, Matthew five sixteen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Let your light shine. You never know who's watching. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed part four and the conclusion of Dr. Forrest's message, Let Your Light Shine. If you are in the Wilmington area, and are looking for a place to worship, come join us. 
on Sunday at 10 a.m. for coffee and fellowship and 10.30 for worship and service. If you would like to learn more about us and hear more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.